This final message is called The War. How many know we're at war? If you don't know you're at war, it's probably because you're a prisoner. You have no clue. We are in a war. And Ephesians chapter 6 talks about this. And, and this war is, is inevitable. How many know it's intensifying? How many know the scripture says that the closer to the end we get, the more angry the devil is because he knows his time is short. So the shorter the time, amen? How many believe the devil needs anger management classes? He's out of control. And we see it. We see it in his followers. We see it on the streets. We see it. We see it. You know, the, the, these, these people, you know, the, the crazies way over here, um, have you noticed they're never happy? They're just angry all the time. They live their lives angrily. And, and that's, that's because the enemy's driving them. And remember I said last week, it's hard to kick against the prick. And that's what it is. The devil's just prodding them. And that's why they're angry all the time. We Christians, we, listen, we can't be angry all the time. We can't be judgmental all the time. We can't be upset all the time. We just need to have the joy of the Lord. We're, regardless of what happens in this nation, we are going to have the joy of the Lord. Amen. I mean, look at the first century. They had to live under the Roman Empire. When, 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 when the government invited them to dinner, it's because they were the main course. Fed them to the lions. Come on. They didn't get a vote <laughs> in the first century. But they had more joy than we have now. It's not, about, it's not about what's going on. It's about what's going on inside. So the scriptures are clear. Ephesians chapter 6. Now about my beloved ones. Like this from the Passion. Translation, I have saved these most important truths for last. That's cool. By supernaturally infused, oh, I mean be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Praise God. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. How many know he's given us armor? Verse 12. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. Let me say that again. That's why we have joy because we're not fighting with people. That's not, that's not where the fight is. Believe it or not, the fight is not on Facebook. You post something and every, you get into this big, big fight. You're not going to win anything on Facebook. Come on, even if you win, you lose. You're going to win on your knees. Put, but, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. 
Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. Boy, isn't that what's going on? The lies, the accusations, the name-calling. Um, uh, for uh, you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt of strength. Uh to strengthen you, to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart and your vital organs, right? Stand on your feet alert. Then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. Feet shod. In every battle, taking faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Praise God. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance uh, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. The greatest thing we have to deal with in this last days is deception. Come on, you got to be alert because deception is your number one enemy. It's what Jesus said. Uh, and take the mighty sharp, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon his believers. Now, we know what the enemy's up to, 1 Peter 5, 8. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for people that are on the outskirts of the church. He's looking for people that are half in and half out. He's looking for people that aren't protected. They're not undercover. Listen, being a tree hugger is not a safe place. There's nothing worse than being alone out in the woods with crazies out there. <laughs> you need to be part of the family of God. Come on. Listen, the, the war that we're in is personal. Every one of us need to be involved. It's a war on us. It's a war on our families. It's a war on the church. And it's a war on our nation. What is this battle about? Just briefly, it's, it's about all the bloodletting of abortion that they want to make even worse. They want to go right up to the moment of birth. I just got to think one of these days we're going to look back at this and say, why were we so barbaric? How could we be a civilized society and rip, and rip babies apart in the womb? How, where, where on earth? He said, well, I can't raise this child. Adoption? There's a shortage of adopted babies. Everyone should bring your baby to term and give it away if that's what you got to do. But why would you kill life? You know this is child sacrifice, right? And you know this kind of blood is crying out. It's crying out. And, and, and it's not, and, and listen. <laughs> Uh, there's so many facts, and I, I don't know how much time I want to spend on this, but, but, but the, the person who started Planned Parenthood was a racist, admittedly. I mean, 
And, and her goal, and this is, by the way, this is byproduct of evolution, survival of the fittest, so-called. And, and listen, listen, most planned parenthood play offices are located in black neighborhoods. It was her goal to reduce the black population. It's on paper. I'm not exaggerating. And they still celebrate her. They just, they just celebrated her birthday a few weeks ago as the founder of Planned Parenthood. Come on, folks. We can't stand for this. We need to pray. You can't ignore this. <laughs> oh, my God. There's an attack. Sex trafficking. They don't even talk about it. It's right here. It was right here at Cedar Point where one of our couple of our members had to step up and put a stop to that particular incident. And I tell you, it went all over news media. I mean, it went everywhere. And now, you know, and they've arrested so many people right here in Richland County. And it's because somebody's praying, somebody's paying attention. I don't know why the news media doesn't pick up on it, but it's a major problem. Where's the war? The war is on marriage. The war is against families. I mean, I mean, even, 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 you know, as much as we appreciate and need, I think, you know, welfare from the government, all that's fine and good, but you know the way it's structured, you're better off not being married. <laughs> so a side effect of that is it's destroying marriages. It's it's the, the, the father's just leaving and the mother's left to raise that child. And you know, I quoted all the statistics a couple weeks ago. You know what that's doing to us. Gay marriage is destroying the family unit. There is much. We are at war, calling good evil and evil good, changing our laws to, to, into something we don't even recognize anymore. We scratch our heads and say, what are they thinking? I know what they're thinking. They've got the anger of the devil in them. They're angry, and they want to change things. They're trying to soften the, the pedoph pedophilia. And, and they say, well, you know, kids can choose. No, they can't. You don't, we don't let our kids do a lot of things, and we'll, let, we'll say, well, it's okay to get on the Internet and hook up with some guy. And the latest thing in the war is, is, is now with the transvestites, and seven- and eight-year-olds, if they think, if a seven-year-old decides, I'm really a girl, we should allow them. Listen, it was at the, at the town hall where he admitted it. He said a seven-year-old should be given permission to go through life, life body-changing surgery at that age. They're, they're okay with that. Never mind that the suicide rate amongst these children that do this operation is 19 times higher than the, than the population. 90% of these confused states are resolved once they reach puberty. They figure it out. What they do as an adult... 
But seven-year-olds? We don't let them do anything else. We don't let them vote. We don't let them drive. We don't, we, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, we don't let them do anything else. Why in the world would we let them go through a life-changing operation? But there's people in our nation that are okay with that. And I, I can sit here and tell you how to vote, but it's not, it's not about me telling you how to vote. It's me telling you how to pray. It's time we pray. You can vote all you want, and you should vote, and all that stuff, and vote, vote prayerfully. I understand all that. But the main thing here is, church, nothing will change unless the church prays. We don't need to get ugly. We don't need to, you know, do, do a lot of things that we think we ought to do. But, but these are the days of Elijah. And there's a rising up. There's a war. Matthew 11 and verse 12 talks about the war from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. It's time. Amen. And by force, I'm not talking about protest and violent protest in the streets. I'm talking about violently get on your knees and bombard heaven until change happens. Amen. Listen, nothing's going to happen in the world until something changes in the church. Come on. Listen, listen. I want you to understand this. Before there's ever going to be a great awakening, there needs to be a rude awakening. There needs to be a rude awakening in the house of God because we have compromised and we just live like the world. There's no difference anymore between the church and the world. We just let it go, let them do their thing, and we just put our head in the sand and forget it. But it's time to get on our knees before God. It's time to raise our hands to heaven and be the church. Stand up. Oh, they'll shame you. They'll, they'll put guilt trips on you. They'll try to shut us down. They'll try to shut us up. But we need to joyfully, peacefully, gracefully smile and say, Jesus loves you, but this is wrong. Come on, church. Give him a praise right now. There's an interesting story in 1 Kings chapter 14 where this is during the first, uh, the first captivity where Babylon came in and they didn't take everybody away. But listen, listen to this. Listen what they did do. And he, the king of Babylon, took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the gold shields which Solomon had made, and they were hanging on the walls, these solid gold shields. Can you imagine $3,000 an ounce? <clears throat> what they... Then King Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place and committed them to the hands of the captain of the guard who guarded the doorway of the house. So they, they, they took all the gold out, and he replaced it with bronze Hello, church. That's what we've done. We've allowed the enemy to take the gold, and we put up cheap replacements. The church is putting up cheap replacements, like entertainment. We are not going to defeat the enemy with entertainment. We're not going to defeat the enemy with all these uh, manipulated uh, things that preachers do nowadays. That's not going to defeat the enemy. 
Just be nice to people. Let them do whatever they want to do and preach till their itching ears are, are scratched. That's not going to get it done. Amen. We've lost the gold and we've replaced it with cheap bronze. It may look a little similar, but it's not the same. We need the power of the Holy Ghost in our churches. We need a move of God like this world has never seen anymore. Programs and budgets and fancy speeches are not going to get it done, church. We need a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. Bring back the gold. Come on and shout and praise him if you know what I'm saying is right. Wow. Ah, God, bring back the gold. Fill the house with the glory of God again. Cute messages aren't going to get it done. Isaiah chapter 5 and 20 talks about this. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We cannot. We've got to get the gold back. There's a confrontation coming. And already is. Reminds me of 1 Kings chapter 18 and because these are the days of Elijah. The whole nation had gone away from God. Seems like that's where we're at. And they had their 450 prophets. So well, we don't have prophets today. Yeah, yeah, we do. They're called lawyers. They're the ones changing the law. Come on. And, and, and judges who don't rule according to law, but rule according to how they want society changed. Big difference. Then it happened when Ahab, y'all know Ahab, saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, is that you, you old troubler of Israel? Do you know what? They think the church is at fault. They call us the ones causing trouble. They say we're the ones causing trouble division. We're the ones with stirring up violence. You know what? When I look out, it's, it's, I don't see church people fighting on the streets. <laughs> it's not church people causing division. It seems to be somebody else. <laughs> Elijah said, I haven't troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. Oh, when you talk to kings like that. In that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Listen, this world has followed the Baals. Come on now. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. We need another Mount Carmel. The 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Listen, you want to know who these people are? Follow the money. <laughs> they're the ones they're feeding. Where do they get all this power? Follow the money. Follow. <laughs> Come on. 
There's a whole gang that eats at Jezebel's table. But, oh, there's a table spread where the saints of God are fed. Ah, hallelujah. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Amen. The devil may be feeding his crowd, but we feast at a table, the Lord's table, in the middle of a war, in the middle of a battle. There we are feasting at the Lord's table. God, I feel like if I dance too much, I won't dance in the next one. But how many know the Holy Ghost gives you strength? So, 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 so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. Oh, here we go. Here's the big battle. Here's the big confrontation. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? Church, when are we going to make up our minds? We have just let it go, let it be. And we haven't decided what's right and what's wrong. What is right and what is wrong? And stand up for what's right. Yeah, they'll shame you. Yeah, they'll curse you. They may fight you. They may lock you up someday. Are you okay with that? How many of you are going to come see me? Thank you. She put me on speed dial. Thanks a lot. Since I won't have a phone in there. If the Lord, and my first call is not you, but if the Lord is God, follow him. But if it's Baal, follow him. Vote for who your God is. Listen, I, I, listen no one's perfect. How many know no one's perfect? I guess it's the better of two evils sometimes. As citizens, we just need to vote. That's okay. We just need to vote. We're citizens. But that's not where the power is. Elijah didn't say, let's have a vote. And by the way, why didn't he? Because he was outnumbered 450 to 1. So the power is not in the vote. The power is in the prayer. But the people answered him not a word. Hello, church today. Let's just see what happens. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. That out. You're kind of outnumbered. It's kind of like... Maybe your opinion doesn't count. But I want to several things here real quick. Number one, revival usually breaks out when and expect it. If you're discouraged because you don't see revival, don't be. Because revival, study revival through the centuries. It always breaks out where no one thought it would. There might be a core people praying for it, but most people never saw it coming. And I believe revival is going to come like Elijah went out there with those 450. I mean, anyone that had any sense said, Elijah, you're a dummy. They're going to kill you. You, have, you don't have an army. You don't have any prophets. You don't even, the people won't even support you. They won't speak up. But revival breaks out where and when. We don't expect it. You know what? You know, what it's, you know what's been happening? Have you been following the, the worship protests? 
one of the worship leaders from Bethel Church in California, has been going around the country, and he's doing worship protests. And they're just worshiping, and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to shut them down. They won't give them permits. They won't let them. And he says, well, you know, the, the rioters don't get permits. <laughs> you let them riot. So, so they just find a place. I mean, it's an old ball field or uh, in an alley or wherever it is, and, and worship will just break out, and thousands of people are coming to worship protests, and, and, it's, and it's happening all over the country. There's a revival that's beginning to stir. If we will worship God, he sits in the praises of his people. If we'll just worship him and lift him up, amen, he will sit in the midst of our praise. Woo, glory to God. Revival is going to break out. Number two, understand you will always be outnumbered in the battle. See, to win a vote, you have to have a majority. But to win what God wins, oh, all it takes is one man full of the Holy Ghost. You don't, the, the majority is not necessary to do what God needs done. 450 to 1. And the Bible said he killed every one of them. I mean, I've seen some movies where the guy pulls a sword out and he's outnumbered like 15 to 1. And he goes, and I always wonder, why don't you all come at the same time? Did you ever wonder that? Like, why are you coming one at a time? Just get, him, get it over with. <laughs> Never understood that. But, but the kung fu movies, and they slow, put it slow motion. I don't know if I got a black belt, but well, I guess I do. <laughs> Four, how do you kill 450 prophets of Baal? They just line up one at a time. Next, next. I don't know, but he did it. We're always going to be outnumbered. I want you to understand that. We're always going to be a minority. We're always going to be the small end of things. We're always going to be the ones that everyone else is making fun of. But God doesn't need a majority to get done what he needs to get done. Amen. One with God is a majority. Glory to God. Well, I feel God this morning. I hope I'm not just yelling at you. Are you okay? Finally, we got a sermon we can shout. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, 450 to 1. But number three, we often feel alone in the fight. Remember verse 22 again? I'm the only one left. Of course, God had to remind him, no, there's 6,000. Just, I just don't know where they are. But we'll always feel alone. Even as a church, we'll say, are we, the, are we the only ones preaching from the I mean, What's going on? Is there anyone else that will stand with us? They're there, folks. They're out there. Every church, I don't care what church is, every church has some. There's, there's a remnant that is ready to go to war. 
our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord. Remember the prophet when he was surrounded? I mean, they're in this little town, and on the hill all the way around them, they're completely surrounded. And, and Gehazi says, what are we going to do? God? Aren't you know there's always one like that? What are we going to do? Shut up for once. Just shut up. Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what I see. Say, Pastor, why are you so confident? Maybe I'm seeing things you don't see. Maybe I'm expecting things you're not expecting. Maybe I'm believing for things that you're not, you don't think is even possible to happen. Amen. I am confident that this nation is in God's hands. It may get worse before it gets better. We may go through some hard times, but amen. Even if we go through horrible times, maybe that's what it takes to wake up the church. Maybe we need a rude awakening before the great awakening. Amen. We need something to shake us. Before we'll find, and then we'll figure out who's actually with us and who isn't. Yeah, the, maybe there has to be a great falling away for those who are strong to stand up. Open his eyes, and suddenly he saw angels all around. In other words, what's surrounding us is already surrounded. And greater is he that is in us. Listen, to surround someone, you need more than just geographically. You need more than them to surround them. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Number four, our weapons are not carnal. They are the fire of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, you know the scripture. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. In the natural, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. The weapons of our warfare are not a vote, but it's the fire of God for pulling down strongholds. And number five, there, sometimes there doesn't seem to be any way to win. The prophets of Baal, 450 of them, they prayed all day long. And their God never answered this. You know what that means? Because you say, well, they're, they're not really gods, but there are demons behind them. They were praying to real demons who have real power. But God never allowed the fire to fall. God, there's just times God puts up the stop sign and says, devil, No. You're done. You're over. We're through. We win this battle. Amen. When God commands the blessing, when God says this is the way it's going to be, there's not a devil in hell that can raise his hand against them. They kept wanting to drop the fire from heaven. Amen. They kept wanting to burn the sacrifice. But God said, devil, every time the devil lit a match, God went, Every time they brought a torch in, he doused it in the water. 
Glory to God. And there was no trickery allowed. He doused. He doused. He said, look, there's not going to be any magic going on here. He doused 12 barrels of water on it. There's no way that thing's catching fire. Just when you think there's no way this thing's catching fire, it's going to catch fire. Just when you think there's no way we're going to see revival, we're going to see revival. When you feel like it's all lost and there's no hope, that's when we're going to catch fire. I feel it in my bones today. Come on and praise him like you mean it. Hallelujah. God is raising up an army, right? Ezekiel chapter 37. You know what I'm talking about. Stay with me. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the spirit, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. God, we need an army. 